Let's say, let's make our confession. I'm sorry, we got to do this or my husband will remind me when I get home. Everybody say this together. The word of God is truth. If I live the word, I will be blessed. If I don't, I won't. It's just that simple. Turn to somebody and say, it's pretty simple. Pretty simple. Well, um, I told my husband, I went, he, he stepped out for me and I went to him. I said, pray my ears. You know, I, I had an opportunity to fight the fight of faith in, in, in my health a couple of weeks ago. And for some reason, everything left my body, but it went in my ears, uh, some of it. And so have you ever like held your ear and you hear yourself? I hear double or yeah, I think double out of both ears amplification. So if I'm talking too loud, forgive me this morning. I can't tell what I sound like to you. I just sound like I've got a megaphone going on in here. But, uh, you know, God is so good. And I was thinking when Bill was sharing the offering, um, you know, God always had a treasury, even in the earth with Jesus. And he had that treasure, you know, the guy that betrayed him. Uh, and, you know, it's, it seems like in churches, it's, it's finances oftentimes that get a church sometimes in trouble. But, you know, Jesus had finances. Why did he have to have finances? Because he was always reaching out to help other people. And that's why, you know, even in the church today, that's why we have finances so we can reach out and help the people, not just in this community because we do, but around the world. And uh, I do believe that God is going to send back to every one of us that have given, all of you sitting here, over the years, people who have given into this Sudan uh, orphanage because God sees those children's lives. And, and children are very important to God because people have to take care of them. And widows have to be taken care of. And so when we take care of those who need help that can't take care of themselves, God is blessed by that. And today we're going to talk about favor and blessing. We've been talking about follow the pattern. And the first uh, week I shared, if you could put up Exodus 25, 8 and 9, Sandy, this is the scripture that uh, really was the key scripture for what I was sharing. It's, it's Moses and uh, God has spoken to him up on that mountain when he was there for 40 days and 40 nights and said, uh, let them make me a sanctuary that I may dwell among them according to all that I show you. That is the pattern of the tabernacle and the pattern of all of its furnishings, just so you shall make it. And so God gave him everything that he needed as far as design. Uh, we talked the first week that God is the designer, and he gave them everything that they needed, not just in a vision of what they should do, not just in detail of how they should do it, but he gave them workers that were gifted it said God put his, his gifting upon those people that he called to actually do the work. And then he provided through the people all that they needed to make that tabernacle or sanctuary for him. And we talked about how that pattern uh, had a purpose. It was a heavenly pattern that would be put on earth uh, to show what really heaven is like. And when Jesus died in Hebrews, it says he became uh, the the real high priest. In the old covenant, there was a high priest that in the tabernacle offered uh, sacrifices for the children of Israel to cover their sin. But Jesus paid a price once and for all, it says in Hebrews, for all of us who would believe with his blood, and it was a once for all 
Everybody say that once for all. It wasn't just for a few good people. It wasn't just for people who didn't know how to do things. It had to do with this decision. Jesus is Lord, just like we sang today, that he is the Lord. And when we make that decision, we actually become then this sanctuary that's talked about in the old covenant. And our lives have a pattern. And we talked about how we're created, it says, in our mother's womb. But it says that God fashioned all our days, which means there's a pattern for every one of us. Uh, I shared the first week how Nell Warner, when we first moved here, made clothes for me. Uh, And we were in a position where we couldn't buy a lot of clothes, but she made my clothes. And those clothes fit me perfectly. They weren't like anybody else's clothes. You couldn't buy them in a store. They were designed just for me. And uh, they, I mean, there was nothing, you know how sometimes you go to a store and it's too tight here or too big there and nothing seems to go together. Well, ladies, you understand that more than probably the men. But, you know, my pattern that she picked for me, she adjusted it. And so it was just perfect for me. Well, that's how God's pattern is for each one of us. And last week we shared how, how do we know what that pattern is? And I felt like the scripture God gave me was Psalm 37 that says he gives us the desires of our heart. In other words, those things that are in us from, you know, when we're, we're even maybe small things that, that we uh, favor things that we want to do. Uh, they're like called dreams, uh, to some people, but to God, they are the design for your life and they come out of God's heart into your heart and then we begin to live out those dreams. Now I'm sure for all of you you've had a lot of dreams just like me that when you see them or you hear them uh maybe from the Holy Spirit it's like, well I can't do that. Everybody say that's a God thing. When you feel like you can't do it, that's a God thing. Because everything that God has designed for you is going to take him being involved in that so that you can accomplish it. So when you feel like God has shown you some things in your life uh, that you're going to do, and they're not really working out right where you are, remember that it's God who's going to make them come to pass. Our part is just to live each day in the place where God has us. And uh, we talked a little bit about last week that all the things that uh, are accomplished in our life or things that we go through are for that purpose of cutting out that pattern that God has for our life. And many of us, including me, have wanted to get out of some of those things. How many of you have ever been involved in things and thought, this can't be God? I've learned over time that the way to get out of a situation that you don't believe is the thing you ought to be in is to get the victory over it. Could I say that again? (laughs) Is to get the victory over it, not to run away from it, but to actually get the victory over that situation. Because that's the way God promotes is through those victories that happen in our life. There's a lot of places that I've been in my, my time in ministry, especially, that I would rather not have been in. Just, just maybe minor things, you know, like um, things that happened to me when I was at Victor Christian Center. Things that, to me, did not seem like this cannot be part of God's plan. Uh, I remember just one instance that, um, that I was at Victor Christian Center and... Um, I forget, what's, what's the trumpeter? He, he was a Christian trumpeter, Brad. Phil Driscoll, yeah. He came to victory. Like 6,000 people there that night. Now, I had played the organ that night, the, the big Hammond organ that they had there, this B3 thing. And, but the piano player really was doing all the 
music as far as the that part of the worship. And uh, I was just over there kind of pretending, actually, because they wanted an organist, and I could do do it, uh, but I couldn't play, you know, like like a lot of people play. I was just holding a position. And now uh, we, we did the worship and everything was over and I was sitting there and Phil Driscoll said, where's that organist? I thought she died. <laughs> or she's going to die. <laughs> if you're looking for me. Now the guy who played the piano could play that organ like nothing you've ever heard. I mean, he could play that thing. But he had played the piano that night. So the, the man in charge, David Grothy, said, Pam, he's calling for you. I thought, dear God, David, pick the other guy. It won't hurt my feelings. I don't have to go up there. In fact, I don't want to go up there. Uh, but, but he said, get up there. And so I get up there, and he goes, play that organ, sister, for the glory of God. <laughs> Well, needless to say, I did a little boogie-woogie kind of thing, you know, that my mother taught me. And, uh, and I think Phil Driscoll thought, oh, dear Jesus, she can't play. So he said, that's wonderful, sister. That was just wonderful. And off he went, and I slid off that organ bench into, oh, I mean, I cried all the way home that night. I thought, God, why are you putting me up there? I don't know what I'm doing. But it was to take that out of me of performing for people. It was to take that thing out of me that I had to do everything just perfect, that I had to be somebody. It wasn't about me. It was about Jesus. When I got up there, God wasn't looking for me to be me. He was just looking for me. If I would have gotten the spirit, I probably would have played something they would have never forgot. Hallelujah. But I was a baby, you know, so I'm trying to figure, oh, dear Jesus, what are we going to do? But I'm just saying things that happen in your life may not be the thing that looks like God's got his hand on it, but he does. God builds character. He builds character all the time from beginning to end. And those things build character in us. And God is more concerned with your character than his anointing that's going to be on you when he uses you. Because when that happens, it's, nobody's going to recognize that it was you, including you. Everybody's going to know it was him. And so what God's looking for is to build that kind of a thing in our life. So over time, when God's cutting out this pattern, it may not seem like it's going to go together right. You know, um, last time I preached, or a couple of times, Julia came up to me, and she said in a pattern, when you put the, the, the arm piece into the where the shoulder, you know, this part of the piece, it looks like they're not going to go together. But when you actually get to it, they do go together. And so things that are in your life today, don't run from them. Graduate from them. Uh, get the victory over them. If you get the victory in that place, then God will promote you into the next thing he's going to do. Favor and blessing come from the Lord. And I want to start today in Leviticus. Um, and this is part of your pattern. You should live a life, if you're in God's pattern that he's gotten for you. And we talked about the heavenly vision and then the earthly, you know, there's an earthly pattern and a heavenly pattern. We can choose which one, you know, our life is going to be cut out like. But if we get in that heavenly pattern, there are things that God has for us. And today we're going to talk about two of those things, favor and blessing. They, they go with being in that pattern that God has for you. And it says in Leviticus, we, this is where we ended last week. It says, um, but I have said to you, you shall inherit the land and I will give it to you to possess a land flowing with milk and honey. I am the Lord your God who has separated you from the peoples. And in verse 26 of Leviticus 20, it says, And you shall be holy to me, for I am the Lord, and 
I, the Lord, am holy and have separated you from the people that you should be mine. God's intention always, when he brought about this nation of Israel and brought them out of Egypt, they were going to become a nation like none other. You know, that's what the United States is a nation, like none other in the world. But we became the most prosperous nation. Do you know, we've only been around a couple hundred years. Look where we've come from. I think when, you know, just in my life from where we were to where we are today. I mean, when I first uh, was a young person to call on the telephone, I think, you, you know, you had more than one person on your party line. They called it a party line. And it wasn't a party because you had a hard time getting on there. But, uh, you know, everything had a cord. I mean, you, you know, you, you ran around. And then I remember that first cell phone that my parents got. I mean, it was like carrying around this thing here. I mean, it was a big box. And, you know, you had to unsnap it and get the phone out and all this stuff. And, and uh, you know, those, look how far we've come technology-wise in our nation. Well, spiritually, I don't think we caught up. You know, spiritually, you know, we, we like burst into this wonderful nation and then we started thinking about us and the me and the I and all those things. And then we no longer became this nation that God created that was going to bless the world and be what the world needed. We're still trying to bless the world, but we're borrowing money from China to do it. Could I say that again? We're trying to bless the world with somebody else's money because the favor and blessing of God, I believe, is upon people who do what God's called them to do that stay in the pattern, that stay in the pattern. So the nation of Israel, the whole book of Leviticus, even though it's hard to read, was really the laws for that nation. Uh, and, and, and that's what they never had that kind of nation before. There was never a people separated to God. There never was a people that could be holy like God was holy. There, that wasn't even possible. But now God had chosen them and they could be that. Just like God chose you, it says in First Peter 2, 9, that he's called us a royal priesthood, a holy nation of people. So the church, I mean, when people look at the church, they used to say, they're really different. Not like they're weird and, you know, who would want to be one? And they're poor and, you know, they don't have anything. Everybody say, that's not the church. That is not the church. The church that, that, this is the church. They possess the land, they inherit the land, and they possess everything in it. And they have milk and honey. And in those days, that would be like favor and blessing to us. You know, that would be like everything that they have need of. So that was God's original intention. It says in Leviticus 26. Now, I want you to write these scriptures down because they're important. And you need to begin to believe them over yourself. Joyce Meyer said, even if you have situations that don't look like they're uh, positive, you can find something positive even in a negative situation. So say the positive and don't meditate on the negative. And uh, this is what it says. For I will look upon you favorably. Everybody say favorably and make you fruitful, multiply you and confirm my covenant with you. Everything God does, it says in, in uh, Deuteronomy 8.18, it says, uh, you will become rich. You, you, will, you will become rich so that I can confirm my covenant to you. Well, the church oftentimes over the years has decided, oh, we don't want to be rich because they'll think we're trying to be haughty. No, we're trying to be who God called us to be. We're staying in our pattern. Everybody say, I am rich. I am rich. Riches isn't just money, but it certainly includes money. 
just let me say that again. It isn't all money, but it does include money. Because if you study the word of God, it, it takes finances to do what God wants to do. When they went in and defeated their enemies, he said, take all the spoil. What was that? Everything that would help them do what they were going to do. So God does care about those things. I'm just, that's just a side note. It isn't today's message. Psalm 30 says this, and you need to get this one and write this one down. 30 verse 5. And it's, it's um, actually David, it says, his anger is but for a moment, his favor is for life. Everybody say favor for life. You know, when you're lacking something or feel like you're lacking something, begin to say, his favor for me is for life. You know, I may not see it today, but his favor for me is life. That, that's what God has for me. And then it goes on, and this is, says, Weeping may endure for a night, but joy comes in the morning. And verse 6, this is, this is what the psalmist said. Now in my prosperity, I said, I shall never be moved. In my Bible, it says, that's a haughty attitude with the wrong motive behind it. And then he realized it. The psalmist realized it and said, Lord, by your favor. Everybody say, by favor. By your favor, you have made my mountain strong Stand strong. You know, God is the one through his favor that causes us to be mighty in the earth. It's not about us. It's about him in us. We are the temple of the living God. Just like God said in the old covenant when he said, build me this sanctuary. And he gave all that pattern. And then he said, then I'm going to come and dwell in that place. And they did according to the plan of God. And he did come. His presence dwelt in that place. The pattern that you're cut out of is the pattern that includes Jesus. And with Jesus, he, because of what he did through his blood, has opened the door for the Holy Spirit to live in you. And now you're that temple. And God's presence is in you everywhere you go. And so we now become that place where God manifests his presence in our life. What does that mean? That means when somebody needs something, we can pray and believe God and speak for that thing to come forth and God will do it. Everybody say God will do it. Now we don't, we don't see that in the fullness that we want to see it. That never bothers me. I'm going to do what God told me to do. Sometimes things don't happen the way I want them to. Never will I ever let what I see determine who God is. What the word says is who God is. And so we continue to believe what God said. He is our favor for life. He gives us favor for life. And I went back and just looked at a few scriptures. Would you put up Genesis 6, 8 for me? Noah, it says in the Bible, found grace uh, or favor. That word grace there is uh, the word, it, it's interpreted favor. The fa- he, he found grace in the eyes of the Lord. If you read on in Genesis uh, verse 9, it says, a just man is who he was, a perfect blameless or having integrity in his generations, and he walked with God. Those are the things that were in his life that God said he found favor. Uh, He found favor, and in that favor, he had to build an ark, which in the beginning, I'm sure nobody understood. But when the rains came, he did exactly what God told him, and he and his family were in that ark, along with two of every kind of animal, in in the earth and God's plan was fulfilled because Noah found favor with God. Uh, it, I, I looked up another one and um, it says Mary was highly favored. When the angel came to Mary, the angel said, uh, you are highly favored among women. 
You know, I don't know what it was about her that God chose. I know today uh, in the Catholic Church, you know, Mary is lifted up. Uh, sometimes, at least I don't know about their religion, but it seems like Mary's lifted up even more than Jesus oftentimes. But Mary was an ordinary person. She was an ordinary person. Now, she did uh, carry Jesus. She was the one God chose. But it wasn't because of who she was. It was because she had favor. Everybody say favor. She had the favor of God upon her life, and God chose her to carry Jesus. Um, It says she was blessed and highly favored. We had a gentleman who used to come to church here, and if you said hi to him, how you doing? He always said, I'm blessed and highly favored. That's not a bad saying. I'm blessed and highly favored. Why? Because Jesus died for me. Because he shed his blood for me. And that's what the word said. I have favor for life. Now, I looked up the word favor. It means approval, support, and friendly regard shown toward another, especially by a superior. Well, there's nobody no more superior than God. And he says, you are uh, his favorite. You know, my dad always used to say, that's my favorite thing. That your favorite. That was his word, wasn't it, Chris? Favorite. That was my favorite meal that Lou cooked today. My favorite. Well, you are God's favorite. All of us are God's favorite. Uh, he has no, uh, no regard for one person over another. God loves us all, and he gives us favor. This is important in your life because nothing um, in this world can be unfair for a person who has favor. How many of you have ever heard, heard that or been the one who said it? That's just not fair. Well, that, that doesn't apply to you. I mean, that does not apply to you because you have favor. And favor is higher than fair. Uh, high, higher than what man can do to you is what God's already said about you. And so that favor of God is upon your life every single day. Um, another was Esther. It says she obtained favor in the sight of all. Everybody say, of all. I mean, not just the king. Now, she did obtain favor with the king. God arranged all of that. But it was favor. What does that favor mean? It means, you know, all those women that were selected in that time to, to try out, so to speak, for the queen. Of all those women, she was the one that was favored from the beginning. That was God. Everybody say, that was God. She was, she was a Jewish girl. She was one of God's children. And she was favored to the place that she became the queen. You know, she became the queen with really uh, no credentials. But God was positioning her through his favor over her life. He positioned her for a very critical time for the children of Israel. They just celebrated, I think, Purim just a, a few days ago. And, and what that means is when, when the time came that the Jews were going to be annihilated, Esther was in position and she had found favor with the king. And whatever the king said for her was upheld up to half the kingdom. That, that Haman that tried to destroy the Jews, he ended up being destroyed. And Esther ended up saving all the Jews. You never know when God is going to put that favor upon your life to an extent that people are going to see it and you will be elevated into position for God's glory. Everybody say for God's glory. Not, not for, you know, our glory, but for his. I think about those children in the Sudan that we, you know, 
sponsor, $50 every month. You know, $50 can seem like a lot. But, you know, sometimes if we go out to eat in a really nice place, by the time you tip the waitress, you spend almost $50. That can be in a child's life once a month, put them in a position to be a nester. It can. It can put them in a position that one day somebody in the South Sudan is going to look at them and God's going to put that favor on them that draws them to that person and they will change their nation. It can happen to one of our children. It's the favor of God. Uh, you know, I know sometimes, you know, um, we, our family, all of the kids are in sports. I, Hallie Grace is over there. I was just, I looked at her and I thought, you know, she, she plays sports. Um, but I've watched her uh, play volleyball a little bit with the videos they've sent. I'm telling you, she has favor on her life in that sport. I mean, she does things that, you know, I think, golly, that's really good for someone who's in eighth grade. Why is that? Because God wants to do something. Everybody say he wants to do something. He wants to do something in your children's life. You need to be, begin to say over your children, they are favored for life. They will be favored in their school. They will be the favorite of their teacher. <laughs> you might want to say that every day, like twice a day, <laughs> even if they're homeschooled. You know, that they will be the favorite <laughs> that day of their teacher. Why? Because it's a promise from God. They are the apple of God's eye. And you are too. But if you're not expecting that, you're expecting things that are less than what God has for you. I was uh, also, Daniel, you know, it doesn't say that he was highly favored. But if you put that up, Daniel 1, 18 through 20, it says, now at the end of the day, well, I say that, <laughs> you know, uh, sometimes we say, well, at the end of the day, this is what it's going to be. Well, now at the end of the days, that was the days that Daniel and Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego decided they were just going to eat what they felt to eat and not the king's food. Uh, When the king had said they should be brought in, the chief of the eunuchs brought them in before Nebuchadnezzar. And then the king interviewed them, and among them all, none, everybody say none, none was found like Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. Therefore, they served before the king. They had favor. Why did they have favor? Because they chose, Daniel, it says in 1.8, Daniel chose never to compromise what he believed God was telling him to do. And in not compromising, everybody say not compromising, the favor of God was upon his life. And when the time came, he was exalted in that position. And God began to let him uh, actually rule for God as far as the kingdom of God was concerned in that time. Nebuchadnezzar was the king of, of the, the nation there, but he, the real ruler, everybody say the real ruler, The real ruler was Daniel. Daniel had all the knowledge. He had the wisdom. He had everything that was necessary for God's plan. You know, it says in Romans chapter 3 that he will cause us to reign in righteousness in the earth. That, uh, you know, Adam sinned and man fell. But through Christ, through Jesus, this one man, we reign forever in the earth. I believe we reign to the point that we are so highly favored and so blessed that the world has to look at us and say, Something is different. I believe that's the church. That, I believe that's what the church would look like and to honor God. And the last one I want to give you is Jesus himself. It says in Luke 3, 50, 52, it says Jesus increased in wisdom. Everybody say wisdom. Stature and favor with God and man. 
Now, we think about Jesus as being the son of God. So why would he need the favor of man? Why would he... Why would it say that he grew in stature? This is stature. The word, word uh, stature means that um, I want to f- quality or status gained by growth, development, or achievement. And I thought, well, why would Jesus have to uh, grow? You know, it says he grew. Everybody say he grew. He grew. Well, he's the son of God. Well, he became a man. So he grew in status or in stature just like we do. And when you look at that, uh, when you have to be uh, grown in stature or status, it's not the world's standard because you're in this heavenly pattern. So in the heavenly pattern, what causes you to grow and be have status or stature is your ability to rightly divide the word of God. It has to do with you being able to speak the things that God would have you speak. So the stature of Christ was that he had to walk it out just like we do. Now, this is important because when people think of Jesus, they think of him as God, which he is the second person of the Trinity, God, the Father, Jesus, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. However, in the earth, he was a man, just like us, it says. He experienced the same thing as we do. And it says he grew in stature, in wisdom, in stature, and he also grew in favor. Well, why is that? He was the example. He was the heavenly pattern put on earth to show us that not God could do those things, but man could. Does that make sense? And I, uh, when I think of that, it's like, wow, that is really out there. But it is what it says in John 14. Greater works than these will we do because he goes to the Father. We are, I believe we're living way below where God wants us to live Because when we live like Jesus and he becomes the heavenly pattern that we saw in the earth that God wants us to be, then we can do the things that he did. We can say the things that he said. And not just that, we can expect the same results. How many of you want to see the same results? I'm believing believing that we will have more than enough in this church to meet needs of people as things progress in this day that we're living in. Uh, If things get tougher... We will get wealthier. We will get stronger. We will, be, we will grow in stature. We will grow in wisdom. And we will grow in favor. Why do I believe that? Because that's the church. It's the word of God. Jesus only lived three years in serving God and for us to see from 30 to 33. But as long as we're alive, we are going to see favor. We are going to have wisdom. And we are going to grow in our stature. See, God doesn't just hand out this thing to, to us, uh, you know, just like we don't hand the keys to a, six, to a 14-year-old and say, go drive the car. Except maybe over to Amy's house with her little boy. Sometimes his dad gives him the keys. But we don't do that. We, you know, we don't, we, not on purpose. We wouldn't say, go drive down the street. And the same with God. We have favor, but that favor is, seems to be greater as we grow in wisdom and we grow in stature. And so that's why when we say you need to read the word of God, you need to hide the word of God in your heart so you don't sin against him. Because the one thing that will stop you from seeing the favor of God is obedience to what God says. The Bible says in Isaiah 1, 18, it says, the willing and the obedient will eat the good of the land. Now, that's, that's just kind of like the promise that was made to the children of Israel back in Leviticus when it says, if you obey me, 
then all these things are going to happen. I will look favorably upon you. But I didn't go on and read the part that says, but if you don't. Everybody said, say this, don't go there. You know, I'm just telling you, don't go there. Because when you don't, you step into the enemy's ability to bring destruction and despair and discouragement and all the things that go with it. So we have the opportunity to be just like Jesus because we are the temple of the Holy Spirit. God's presence is in us. And we have favor everywhere that we go. Everybody say that. I have favor everywhere I go. I mean, you know, when you, when you have a need for something, God will make a way for you to have it. I remember uh, years ago, I was, Annabelle was real little. I took her shopping, and she saw this one shirt, and it wasn't in her size. How many of you know when a child sees something, and they want it, and then you can't find it in their size? And I said, well, it's okay. Jesus will help us just start going through these stacks. We're going through these stacks, and we find one. And she hollers, praise the Lord. You know, and, and her latest is hallelujah, you know. Well, I, I think that's a good sign. Everybody say a good sign because that's growing in stature. It's having wisdom and recognizing favor, the favor of God. God has a way of making things come about the way we want them to. But we have to be willing and obedient. I think all of us are always willing. The obedient part can get a little sketchy sometimes. Yeah, I, I want to read this to you because I've been reading in Romans, and uh, then we're going to pray. But it says in Romans, um, that Romans chapter 2, this is, this is when you get in this place where, you know, your flesh is trying to rule over your spirit, your earthly patterns trying to take over your heavenly pattern or whatever you want to say. But all of us face that, and Paul had talked about it in chapter 7. But in chapter 8 of Romans, uh, this is what it says. Eight, you know, we all know 8.1. There is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free. Everybody say, the law of the spirit. The law of the spirit, it says, is written in our hearts. It's not, it's not the Ten Commandments. The Ten Commandments are necessary to show people there is a standard by which we're supposed to live. But it cannot accomplish it in our lives. Only the law of the spirit of life, which is Christ in us, can bring that to pass in our life. So it says, the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. I want to read this to you. It says, one of the laws of physics is that anything in motion causes friction. Are you in motion? You should, be cause, you should cause friction. Similarly, one of the laws of the spirit realm is that any motion of progress in the pursuit of godliness will produce friction as it confronts the carnality of our human nature. Amen? And so I felt like the Lord said, well, you know, you can be fleshly friction, have fleshly friction, or you can have forever faith, favor. I think I'll take forever favor and overcome that fleshly friction that I feel just like you feel, just like every believer feels, that's trying to take us into that, he- that pattern that's not heaven's. It says the call is to commit to godliness with relentless persistence. There is a higher law, just like it said in that verse in 8-2, that assures victory as we overcome fleshly friction, pressing forward in the determined, passionate pursuit of Christ. So that's where we get in that place. Um, you know, Genesis 12 is the very beginning of God putting out his pattern for the church. He said to Abraham that you will be a nation, you will be blessed, and you will be a blessing. That was the pattern for the church. 
He said, you know, you'll leave your father and mother's house and you'll go to a land that you don't know. It was the promised land. It was that place where favor and blessing would be theirs. But they had to fight for it. You know, when Joshua finally got there, the people didn't say, oh, here they are. We give up. No, they had to go in and take that land. And we have to take the land. We have to take those places in our life. But as I was thinking of this, we, uh, my husband and I went down to Indianapolis and had uh, actually had a lunch with Deborah uh, Gatano was her main name when she was here in this church. Any of you remember Deborah? Uh, she and her husband, her name's Averinas now, they own several restaurants down in Indianapolis. And I called and asked her if I could share this testimony. Everybody say favor. Favor and blessing. Um, when she was here with us, uh, she she met Pete, and they uh, ended up down in Brownsburg, and they got their first restaurant. And since then, they've built several of them. They're called Flapjacks. And uh, at one point, there was a Hardee's in Brownsburg that uh, Pete saw, and they decided they were going to buy it and put this place called Flapjacks. They had already had a, a full-day uh, restaurant called Elegance, but they never had just a pancake house, which is just open uh, through 3 o'clock in the afternoon. And so they began to got this name and began to develop it, bought the Hardee's. And, uh, and so they, as they were fixing that up, they recognized that the land behind the Hardee's uh, there was no exit out the back, just out to the street. And it is kind of a hard place to get in and out of. And so they um, they they owned it because when they bought the Hardys, it was their property. But they had to go to the city to see if they could make a way to get out the back. So she got an attorney and talked to the attorney and uh, talked to some other people. And they said, oh, no, they'll never, do, they'll never do that. They won't let you do that. All these reasons, you know, and the attorney said, no, no, it can never happen. And, uh, and so she said, oh, okay. Uh, and, but she didn't let it go. And in her restaurant in the morning times, a lot of the city workers would come in there and talk to her. And uh, she asked one of them one day. Now, this wasn't an attorney. This was just a city worker. And she said, you know, um, that floods back there all the time. And it, it, we want to try to fix that, fix the, the, even the sewage. We'll pay, but we want to fix that, make a drive out the back. It really will be a blessing to everybody because trying to pull out on this road is difficult. Plus, we'll fix all the drainage and everything won't flood back there. It even goes into the neighbor's yards and all this stuff. And uh, he said, well, let me, let me see what I can do. Now, I need to go back a little bit. Uh, Several years before, uh, where Deborah and Pete live in their neighborhood, there was a man whose son was tragically killed, a young man in his early 20s. And, uh, and Deborah, uh, one day, the, she felt the Lord said to her, uh, put this much money in an envelope and, and, and give it to that man. Well, she didn't really know them that well, but her friends were neighbors to that man. So she put the money, just like God told her, in an envelope, and she gave it to her neighbor and said, just please give this to the man. And he did. Well, lo and behold, the man who makes the final decision. Everybody say the final decision. On whether she can do that is that man. Now, it's been years. But the city worker goes to somebody he knows and tells them, you know, uh, Deborah, she wants to do da 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 da, and uh, and they said, well, you know, we have to get approval, and so they end up. Long story short, it got to the man, and the man said, whatever she wants, do it. 
whatever she wants. Everybody say favor. Now, what if she had not done back here? And that was in a time when they didn't have a lot. But she did what God told her to do. See, that was sown into the earth, just like Esther was sown into the earth, just like Jesus, just like you were sown into the earth. So that at the right time for such a time as this. And she said, the real blessing was we didn't have to pay for it. The guy said, oh, no, it's not their sewage problem. It's ours. So they tore up the whole thing back there, redid it, put in a whole new sewer system. She said, we got blessed. The neighbors got blessed. We got the drive. There's no more flooding. Everybody say the favor of God. See, that's what God does. So whatever position you're in today, that was such a good example to me. I called her and said, I'm sharing on Sunday, and this will really fit. Can I share it? She said, of course, anything for the glory of God. I want to tell you, God has favor on your life. And you don't know what you've done so far that someday down the road. You know, my daddy used to say, don't cut off your nose to spite your face, Pam. (laughs) That meant don't tell them what you think because they may be the person that will rescue you later. Amen. Let's stand together. Father, I thank you in Jesus' name that you have given us favor and blessing. It's, it's, It's in our pattern. It's in our pattern. It's already there just like the children of Israel, but you also give us instructions just like you gave the children of Israel in, in Leviticus, those things that Lord are just hard to read, but they have a purpose in the life of your people to perfect in us. It says you perfect everything that concerns us and that Noah, he was a perfect man. That doesn't mean he did everything perfectly, but he was blameless. What does that mean? That he It says he walked with you, so he obeyed you. He obeyed you. doesn't mean he always did it perfectly. It just means in your sight, his heart was to always do what you would have him do. Lord, let us be that kind of people. Let us be that kind of people. So that that favor and that blessing will be so upon our lives. That when people see us, they will say, they are different. That everything they touch... Everything they put their hand to prospers, just like your word said it would. That when they see us, they say, those people have favor in situations like nobody else that I've ever seen. Now today, I want to pray for all of you that um, maybe there have been some things that you felt like God was, sometimes sacrifice comes before the favor. You know, even Jesus sacrificed his life before the favor of God could be released upon all mankind. There was a sacrifice. We're going to talk about that next week, the sacrifice. But God is never going to ask of you anything that he will not provide for you what you need to do it. He will help you. He will help you. But we have to make that decision. You know, as for me and my house... We're going to live for the Lord. As for me and and the decisions that I make, I'm going to be obedient to what I feel God has told me to do. And you may be here today and say, you know, I've, I've let some things go by that maybe it's just been because you didn't think you could do it. Or maybe it's because you just haven't really been willing to let go of that in your life. You know, God sees that. He loves us in spite of our weaknesses. He loves us and he wants to help us so that that favor and that blessing can be released upon our life like never before. I believe that every person in this room has an opportunity today to choose to be willing and obedient.
and that releases the favor and the blessing. I could say to you today, we're just going to pray for you and you're going to have favor and blessing. But the key to that is that God looks at you and sees that you're going to do what he gives you to do, that you're going to obey him. And then that favor is going to be released upon your life for that need of whatever it is. If that's you today and you say, you know, I haven't really seen a lot of favor on my life, but I, I, I know that God is working in me. And I know that there are things in my life that I need to be more willing and more obedient to do. Because if I do that, I can see that then God will pour out that favor upon me. And it will be there. It will manifest. If that's you, just lift your hand. I know this isn't one. I see your hand. I have my hand up. I know there's some things God's spoken to me that I need to be more obedient in doing. And that I know if I do it, I will see the blessing and the favor of God upon that situation. Lord, we yield ourselves today. Would you just say this, Lord, I yield myself to your plan, to your purpose. I will be willing and obedient to whatever you show me. I thank you for your favor that is upon my life forever. It will never leave. But I know I play a part in that. And so I release in Jesus' name anything that would be holding me from that kind of favor in my life. I ask you to show me, even in the small things, what I need to do and obey that will bring that favor so that I can do the things that you have called me to do. I thank you for Jesus. I thank you for his blood that was shed for me at Calvary. I thank you that I am saved, delivered, and healed because of that blood, because of that favor that you had for me. And today, I say, my life will show Jesus favorably to all who see me in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Hallelujah.